0: I wanted to share with you about the app I'm using to record my podcast. The app is called Anchor. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's by Spotify. And I just want to give you a little bit of a rundown because basically it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It has everything that you need all in one place, but here's how it works. So Anchor lets you record and edit a podcast right from your phone, or you can use your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating as soon as today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify, with just a single tap. Anchor is the only place you can also publish video podcasts to Spotify, which I think is really cool. With Anchor, you're, uh, as a creator, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and even podcast subscriptions. And really, best of all, Anchor is totally free. I have been using Anchor for almost three years now, and I really love the ease of editing my podcast and being able to have it distributed very quickly. So if you're interested, just go to anchor.com slash FM, and you can start your own podcast today and let your message get out there for free. It's time to spill the secrets, singles. I'm your host, Lonnie Harmon, the dating counselor. Let's go. Hey, what's up, all you fabulous singles? I'm so glad that you are here today and excited to bring you another episode in the summer series, Secrets for Singles. This particular season, season four of my podcast is dedicated to helping you to understand some of the little nuances and little secrets that will help you navigate the singles world. Because let's be real, we date so that we can stop dating, right? So let me help you stop dating. (laughs) Today we're going to talk about long distance relationships and dispel some of the myths and talk about how we get into them, why we get into them, and then also what will make them work and what will make them not work. So I'm excited to bring this to your lives today. Welcome to Season 4, Secrets for Singles, long, Long Distance Relationships. So long distance relationships can start... In different ways so one of the ways that it can start is that you've actually met in real life and you've decided to date each other and maybe you're not quite exclusive and then one person has to leave for a job or they're going to be moving maybe it's schooling And you're not quite at the exclusive stage yet, but you're trying to decide what you want to do. And so you're like, okay, I still want to date them and we'll just go ahead and move into this long distance thing. Another way that they can start is that they actually start long distance, meaning that you met each other online or say maybe there was a setup and it was long distance and you began communicating through videos or text messages. Um, maybe like Skype sessions or Zoom sessions or Marco Polo or some of the different platforms that you can use to talk to people. And you've developed a relationship with them and started feeling some romantic feelings for them. Uh, Another way a long-distance relationship can start is that it kind of goes like you have like a weekend together, or you have some kind of time spent together. So maybe you, you were traveling and you met, or you were um, met them at, in your hometown, and they were traveling, or you were traveling to their hometown or something like that. And you met and you spent some time together and you recognized that there was an interest. And then you had to separate because you don't actually live in those same geographic locations. So the reason that's important to note how it starts is because there's kind of a little bit of a different guideline according to how the relationship starts for how to manage a long distance love. So case in point, uh, number one, meaning that you started dating and you either were pre-exclusive or had gotten exclusive and then you separated. Item two, you met online or in some other way where you've never met in real life. And item three, you met in real life through some weekend event or some period of time together that was shorter, and then you went back to your homes. So those are the three kind of categories I'm going to address, and you'll notice the different guidelines for each one. So in situation number one, when you have started dating each other, and you're either pre-exclusive or exclusive and one of you has to leave and therefore create a long-distance relationship, potentially even maybe both of you are leaving, let's say school's out, and you're both going back home for the summer, Uh, whatever the case may be, you're not going to be living in the same geographic location as you were before, and there's usually some kind of a timeline associated with that, like my boyfriend's doing summer sales, and he'll be gone for four months, or I am moving to go to this new job and I will be the intern for a year and then I'll be back. Or, you know, my next level of schooling is this and I'm going to this location for this many months or years or whatever, right? So because there's kind of a timeline attached to the move, it's helpful information to know that there is going to be an end period to this. That's one of the things that will apply to all situations is how long is the anticipated timeline for this long distance relationship? How long are you going to be apart? This is important because we don't thrive being apart in a romantic relationship. So that's why they say they're hard because you're going to be able to maintain some connection, but you're not necessarily going to be able to thrive Thrive is a word that we use to describe when you're doing really well and you're happy and you're content and you're able to resolve concerns and find comfort from each other and enjoy your life in other areas like work and other social relationships. So thriving is something that's a little bit less likely to happen while you are doing long distance. So just kind of knowing that. And if you have a timeline attached to how long that's going to be, you can endure it a little bit better. So when you're pre exclusive and someone's going to leave, the reason that you would decide to go into a long distance relationship is to say, I want to continue to date you and I don't want this to stop. I want to keep getting to know you, but I recognize that as you go and I go, we are still dating other people and that in the event that we want to be exclusive with somebody else, we will communicate that to each other. And this can be kind of painful, but it's important to note that if you go apart and you're not saying, hi, I'm your girlfriend, I'm your boyfriend, I don't want you to date other people. You cannot assume that that's the status. Assuming that the status is exclusivity when it's not is really really dangerous. You have to go through this emotional experience of committing to that person or you're, you technically are not uh, at fault for quote leading them on or making them feel like you were exclusive when you weren't. So if you want that level of exclusivity and you want them to only date you or you only want to date them, you have to have that conversation And the conversation looks like checking in and saying, hey, where do you think that we're at? Are you still interested in dating other people? Am I still interested in dating other people? Etc. And that's kind of an important sticking point. If you do decide to be exclusive or you are exclusive before leaving, then you want to figure out, uh, like, what does that mean? And just make sure you're saying, like, so we're not dating other people. And if that's a yes, then you both agree. So you're just kind of re-clarifying. Now the next phase is to figure out how you want to maintain contact and kind of figure out a regular system for contact. Most likely there's going to be kind of a time of day that works for both of you uh, and you'll fall into a rhythm of contacting each other in those ways. And that can be great, except for you can kind of hit monotony pretty quickly, because let's say you're just leaving each other messages back and forth. um, And then when you're talking, it's kind of debriefing about your day or some things like that. You kind of want to remember that real love is pretty boring. That sounds so terrible when I say that. But what I mean is that like, day-to-day life is usually pretty drama-free. There's some stuff that will add spice to life all the time, but your relationship won't be the thing that always adds the spice because you're pretty consistent. You're pretty cool. You get, you get each other, you know, you're responsive. And so when you're debriefing about your day or things that are going on, you could probably get into a pattern pretty quickly of predicting what they're going to say. So This becomes the challenge of keeping things interesting and keeping yourself interested and them interested. That doesn't mean that you have to do things that are outside of your comfort zone, but this is where you're going to be wanting to bring up topics or discuss things. Or, you know, let's say if there's the same restaurant in the towns that you live in, like he and you each order what you want and have a date. Over dinner, Where you can at least talk about the food or talk about the experience of of that trying to be together. But you're trying to still create an opportunity to be interesting and interested in each other. Which is a little tricky. And you also are trying to create some time to figure out when you're going to see each other in real life next. I can't give you like a timeline for how long that should be. That's up to the two of you. But I do feel like there needs to be a good reciprocity and that if someone's life is always like too busy, too crazy, too hectic to come to the other part where the other partner is, like you kind of need to pay attention to how that feels and notice if that's what you want. I'm not saying that the other partner absolutely has to, you know, give up and come to you for it to be equal. But you have to pay attention to the fact that that is the dynamic that exists for the education or the job that that your partner's in and that that's likely to continue for a very long time. And do you like that and how does that feel for you? And does the other partner have awareness about that? I think that that's an important piece because reciprocity helps to build self-esteem and it helps you to feel valued as an individual when you see someone coming for you, not just you always going to them. Okay, so next up, we're going to be talking about scenario number two. Okay, and scenario number two, situation number two, you have not met each other in real life yet. You have connected through online dating or through someone setting you up or something like that where you have not actually seen each other in real life. Now, this is a different way to start a relationship. It's not completely unheard of, especially in 2022, because that's often how we meet people, especially when you get into your professional life and you're maybe not attending as many singles events in your area or meeting as many fresh faces. You will probably be meeting people online. So I think getting on a date is essential. I think when you go from texting on the app, you go to a date. If you go from texting on the app to texting in real life, usually things just fizzle out. And why is that? Well, let's talk about how sometimes we consciously or unconsciously do online dating, swipe till we find someone that likes us, start building momentum, and then drop or ghost. Usually that is part of a validation process that somebody is in need of and that they're using online dating to feel like they are worthwhile and important and wanted. And then when they feel those feelings, they don't want to take it to the next level because they don't feel comfortable meeting in real life. They've maybe built up a fake persona and they'll get found out or they don't want a relationship, or they just genuinely are an unkind person, right? There's some reasons that people do those things. I would encourage you to use your words. If you're not interested, to say thank you. I've had a o- great opportunity getting to know you, but I am not interested in moving forward. And wish you the best, because that is at least offering someone the, the benefit of their humanness and recognizing that everybody comes with feelings. Even if we bury them, push them aside, uh, everybody comes with feelings. And if you want some date street credit and you want some dating karma, you need to use your words and end a relationship with dignity for you and for them. So when you have gotten to the part where it's time to go on a date, you can switch it to a video date first if that feels more comfortable than just like going to each other's area but if you can at all possible you need to meet in real life there is a different energy that we exude in real life and there is a lack of opportunity to hide behind some kind of mysterious online character or persona that we've created for ourselves because in real life we're a little bit more inclined to be able to smell some bullshit and call it out. And there's also a better opportunity to recognize if there is authentic chemistry, physical chemistry, and connection between the two of you in real life. Because your pheromones are going to be reacting to them, your body's going to be reacting to them, and your sense of The capacity for how the conversation's going and the flow and things is going to be reacting and those all happen in real life. So getting in real life is important and I would be careful to get very acquainted with someone to become like even really good friends with someone online and be like so romantically interested in them before you have met in real life because you're setting yourself up to be in love with their online person or their phone person or their video person versus them as an individual. If someone is expressing things like, but I've never felt this way before and this connection is so real and I just can't help it and things like that. I love that. I want everybody to feel that. But I also want you to know that those are telltale signs of love bombing. If you need to learn more about love bombing, listen to that episode. But those are indications that someone is looking for extensive validation or they're looking for a super fast commitment because that's what makes them feel good about themselves. And that's not necessarily two-sided. You should feel a little anxious, you should feel a little bit worried. That's important pieces of information because you're looking to see if those concerns can get resolved and you can feel settled, or if they don't, and you just feel uh uptight the whole time. Um So getting to meet in real life is important and then it's kind of doing that same rhythm as talked about with section one, which is meeting in real life as much as possible and figuring things out as you go. The big thing here is if someone's going to be permanently relocating or they're permanently going to be stationed in that area and that's where they've met really you have to ask yourself is one of you willing to move there because that is going to be where the relationship will be unless someone has an opportunity to work remotely or something of that sort like your relationship is going to be in that location so if up front you know like no i would never move there think about that before continuing the relationship because you would need to move there or they would need to move to you and if they're not going to move and you're not going to move what's the point i hate to say that but what's the point i do believe that you can feel really deep feelings and that they're they're super real and that you can feel this i've never felt this way before type of thing but i also think you can find that in your same geographical location if needed that sounds so unromantic but putting yourself through hell for this like once-in-a-lifetime love is more of a movie way of loving than it is a real-life way of loving. And love in the movies, you know, is so magical, but that happens in real life at different stages, not at this beginning part where you're literally just feeling all these um, feelings of attraction and pull that you're not necessarily willing to move towards literally by moving your body to that geographical location. There's my thoughts there. So in the last scenario, what you're looking for here is an understanding of what it looks like when you have been together and what information that you need to be able to continue getting to know each other and moving the relationship forward. As in the previous two examples, you still need to ask yourself the question of, is is this situation plausible? Is someone willing to relocate? If the answer is yes, then keep moving forward. If the answer is absolutely not or hell no, then pause. If you're willing to just say like, I know enough that I want to keep going and I know that I'll feel good about it or I'll feel bad about it, eventually, then that's totally fine too. Um, Sometimes you say, I think I would move. Okay, so keep moving forward. But if you know it's an absolutely not, or you know from them it's an absolutely not, a no is a no, a yes is a yes, and a maybe is an opportunity for you to get more information. And when you get more information, you often feel better about turning it into an absolutely yes or an absolutely not. So figuring out how to deed each other and getting to new to opportunities to see each other in real life is what hits this pattern, too, if you've met each other through traveling. So you're trying to find a rhythm to talk to each other, be interesting and interested, have an opportunity to be your authentic self and get in real life as much as possible. That may not be entirely possible, but as much as possible. And you really have an opportunity here too to listen and look at what the other person is going through and the place that they are in and inviting them to do the same for you. If you remember from our attachment series of podcasts, uh, you attach to somebody through sacrifice. And sacrifice often means time and attention, but it can also just mean I don't think about myself first all the time. I'm going to try to think about how their day's going and what I could do to help them feel happy, secure, comforted, etc. And then you do the same thing by loving them to do that for you. That can be a tricky balance. But if you overgive or they overgive, that's where sometimes love can get off course. You want to do some reciprocity So if you're sending all the care packages and they're saying thanks so much and then they are missing your call or not doing anything to think about how your day went or, you know, sending you a DoorDash for a long day, like, I, I think that you have to pay attention to that. Long distance relationships, often one of the primary ways that you're communicating love is through gift giving and acts of service. And you're doing words of affirmation and you're doing the, you know, quality time as you can, but the quality time isn't as quality and there is no physical touch. And so if you're looking at those other love languages, you're going to need to pay attention to that and figure out how to help your partner feel like connected to you. That is your opportunity, I should say. Let's have a little chat about why we get into long distance relationships. Now in situation one, you met in real life. Maybe you didn't know that you were going to be separating in situation two, you knew from the beginning and in situation three, you knew from the beginning. So I'm going to be really speaking is about situations one and excuse me, situations two and three, why we get into it maybe some of the psychology behind it. Uh, Versus situation one, which could be a completely different story. So when we start a relationship with someone, when we know we don't live in the same place, there's some things to note that could be why you're doing this. And I think it's important to look for these things in yourself, but also just to recognize that this is just like possibilities. I don't really know if you are doing this or not doing this. So we sometimes as human beings, when we look at a relationship, we get into a real fantastical way of looking at it, uh, like movie love or so and so's story that I really, really like is XYZ. And so therefore I would love if that story happened to me, that love story particularly would happen to me or I feel really like strongly attracted to this person and so therefore it's bound to work out so despite the high obstacles or the illogical way of it working I just know that it's going to work like destiny is going to make it work and I love those rom-coms I love those rom-coms okay so there's this rom-com back from 1990 whatever And it had Robert Downey Jr., um, pre-sobriety, and Marissa Tomei, and she, like, back in the day, had some kind of a psychic tell her that she was going to marry this guy with this particular name, and then she used a Ouija board, and the Ouija board also said it was going to have this particular name, and so she just really, like, carried this with her for her whole life and felt like it was just destiny that it was this person, and she always had to look for that name. So fast forward, she's getting married. It's not to this, to a guy that is named by this name. She doesn't really care. It's not a big deal. But the day she's trying on her wedding dress, she gets a phone call for her fiance and the fiance's uh, the message that says, "Have him call." I don't know what his name was like. Uh, Tony, Tony Stark. Huh, you know, that's funny because of Rob Down Jr. Anyway. So I have not called Tony Stark, and Tony Stark is like the name of the guy, and so she freaks out, and she's like, oh my gosh, I have to go find him, and he says, well, I'm just getting on a plane to wherever in Italy, and so she's like, I'm going to Italy, I'm going to find him, I'm going to go to his hotel, and I need to meet him, I have to know if this is the right person for me, if this is who I'm supposed to be with, and so her friend decides to go with her. So they go to Italy, and it's this whole movie about finding this particular Tony Stark, this guy. Well, it just so happens that while she's walking through the piazza, one one night when she's there, she loses her shoe. Robert Downey Jr.'s character gets her shoe and finds her and says, you know, can I help you? And she says, oh, I'm just looking for this guy. And he says, well, that's my name. And she's like, oh my gosh, that's your name? And so suddenly because he has the right name and there he is they just spend this whole magical evening together and they fall in love and she's just like it's destiny it's destiny and then within 12 hours or so he says by the way that's not my name and so she immediately falls out of love with him and she says you're ruining my life and he's like but we're in love and she's like no we're not he's like just because i have the wrong name you don't love me and she's like it's all fake anyway it's this whole movie, it's called Only You, and it's all about, like, is it destiny, or is it choice, or is it all this stuff? And I feel like you have to have your own journey with that question. Is there a one and only? Is it destiny? Is it fate? I believe in the law of attraction. I believe in a higher power, in our Heavenly Father. I believe that he has things in store for us and places that will help us to be the most happy. But I also believe that we have the ability to choose what we want and where we want to spend our time and who we want to spend our time with. So you have to put time and effort and thought uh, into a relationship. And sometimes we spend so much time thinking about it and putting effort into it that we create a persona of a person in our head that isn't real and that's the danger trap that you can fall into with long-distance relationships and sometimes the reason that people do that is truly they may not be ready for an actual real-life relationship they like the drama they like not having to actually be truly vulnerable with who they are in real life they enjoy being more independent and single rather than being like in a committed relationship where you're seeing each other more often or in a marriage and truly working on some common goals. Um, and they're potentially just kind of feeling a void in their life and they want to feel like they're dating and they're progressing and they're moving towards something, but they actually don't want to do bunch of the life changing that it would required to be in the same place and date that person in real life. So there's that big like commitment of being in the same place. And, you know, I think that you have to really look at your heart and find out if, if there is a hiccup for you and why you're choosing your long distance relationship and what, feel satisfying about that and if it's the, if there's something that comes up for you and you need to get a little more introspective about what you're trying to create, I would totally recommend looking at that and looking, doing some inner work where you're saying like, what do I have a fear for about being in real life with someone and what is it that I feel like they're coming up short with or I'm coming up short with that's not making this transition happen. Because being in real life is where you're going to be able to do all of the five love languages and show that and receive that. And it's the place where you are wired to feel the most secure. And when we feel secure as a human being, meaning that we feel loved and we feel understood to the most part, and we feel like we belong somewhere, we have a home, we thrive, going back to thrive. When we thrive, that's when we really excel in our life. We can excel in our career, in our goals, in our dreams, in our ambitions. And that's why relationships that are romantic become one of the most important relationships because they're the one that helps you thrive and you help them thrive. So you want to ask yourself, am I truly interested in being with someone and seeing if we can make each other happy or am I just looking for validation and kind of a placeholder to fulfill a cultural pressure that might be out there saying I should be dating or, you know, sometimes you've dated for so long that it doesn't make sense to stop because you've already put XYZ amount of investment into it, but truly... You're not thriving and the distance isn't going to be ending anytime soon. So you just really need to ask yourself some of those hard questions. Uh, I kind of want to just like also give a note of hope because it absolutely can work out. I believe that. I've seen that. I've seen people use their choices to create a beautiful long distance relationship And then turn it into a real life relationship as much as possible. And then be in real life with each other and have a happy marriage. So it's not that it's impossible. I mean, that's really just like the big thing. It's not impossible. So hopefully you feel a little bit of hope after all of that like harsh reality check. So there you go how to get through long distance relationships. Feel free to shoot me any questions. You can hit me at Lonnie at The Dating Counselor. And that's my email address, Lonnie at The Dating Counselor Lonnie is L-O-N-I. And you can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Dating Counselor. Love to hear from you. And once again, thank you for being here. Peace and blessings.